Welcome to the Dean West Podcast. I'm joined today by my friend Lorenzo Pantone, better known as the Coach MC on social media, uh, working actor and acting coach like myself. And uh, this should be a really fun dive down the the acting rabbit hole today. So welcome, man. So excited. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much. Yeah, if you guys don't know, uh, we got to hang out in the past, so you can go to um, the Coach MC on YouTube as well and find our previous conversation where we uh, dive down some some fun little spiritual acting coachy rabbit holes as well. <laughs> uh, and I don't see today going much different. We will, oh, right. we will dig and pick all the scabs. God, that was gross. Um, <laughs> Why not? Sometimes we have to deal with the gross stuff, right? <laughs> I think that's that's what acting is. Like you have to you have to dig into the gross stuff so that yeah. so that all of that stuff you throw away later still has an effect on screen. <laughs> or I guess in the scab notion, there's still a little itch left. Even for sure, for sure, like like, like a little funkiness is necessary, right? <laughs> James Jamison Jr., the greatest bass uh, bass player of all time, he said, uh, "The dirt keeps the funk, and without oh, funk, you don't have music. So we need a bit of dirt." It's, I love that you said that because you also think about like you know our our immune systems as a kid. If those kids that all of us that have been removed from like getting to play in the dirt, like I remember running around shoeless most of my child. Absolutely, <laughs> and I'm kind Lucky of I had pants. Yo, absolutely. My my grandmother was like, "Get out, come back in twelve hours." <laughs> right. I remember, uh, and don't take this personal. Um, uh, if my aunt is listening to this, I remember when I was a kid, we went to my aunt's house for something, and she was always like, "Yeah, you know, the kids just stay outside and play, and like, you know, don't be coming in for snacks and all that." I'm like. But I live, I live on snacks. Like, I got to – I don't want to go back over there. I don't, I don't get snacks. <laughs> like, I, I literally – even my wife, right, and we were together now for 15 years, and she said, like, you're never sick. And I was like, no, because as a kid, I was always, like, covered in dirt, dirt, mud, and all sorts of funky stuff, riding my bike, you know, somewhere, falling down, getting up again, eating, drinking, always, you know, funky hands and all that. And so – yeah, I kind of created my immune system back there, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what's cool about it. Is like if you if you don't get the dirt, it doesn't get to expand. And, and, you know, in the frame of acting, if you don't dig into the dirt, then how is that stuff going to last? You know, how is the, how's the leftover, the resonance of, of this human going to get to show up without you literally having to go back and act and like go, oh, I need to make sure this shows up. Where you want to get is, your information from? Right. If you're always this polished shoe that never catches dirt, it's like a bit boring over time, right? You need to kind mm -hmm. of, you know, walk through the mud, through the yeah. snow, through the tempest, through the dirt to kind of, you know, see, mm -hmm, okay, this is how it feels. If you want to imitate life, life is also dirty. There is not always the shiny, bright, super polished, you know, side of life. There is also the dirty, funky, sometimes also scary part of life. So yeah. as actors or as artists in general, we need to kind of get acquainted at least a little bit, right, with that idea and with that notion of dirt. When it's like, no, you never seen a movie made about the cleanest person in the world that had no troubles. No one, <laughs> right, right. Nobody wants to watch that movie. Like, we, right. <laughs> we made the movie because this person has huge problems and big issues trying the, to figure out the ending, right? It's the conflict, yeah. For sure. So on 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 your kind of reapproach to to what we do as actors, uh, I love that you kind of call it the, the modern approach to acting and you know kind of the modern house. Mm -hmm. What would you what would you say has does that encompass for you? Like what do, what does that mean to you? As funny as it um, kind of sounds, on, like on first glance, it's it's getting back to ourselves and also getting back to our traditions. Uh, if you forget your past, 
if you forget your roots, you don't have a future. So as much as I love to say, we're the studio of modern acting because we love to kind of get actors, give them all the necessary tools as quick as possible and release them, right, into freedom and kind of get them into, into the industry. But at the same time, kind of reminding ourselves, where are we coming from? What's our tradition? What's our scope here, right? And so there is nothing more modern than being conscious about where you're coming from. I love that. I mean, that's, you know, for, you know, obviously chatting with me, like that's, that's 99% of my work is like, if I can get you conscious in your work, if I can get you aware of just being in that present moment, then now, I, of course, you know, the preparation, understanding this human, what's sure. going on, the objectives, all that stuff is highly important. But absolutely, I would almost say those people that you like the first time you work with them and you're like, holy shit, mm -hmm. they got something. Mm -hmm. It's their presence that, that, oh, that yeah. nails it versus, yeah, maybe they didn't you know, understand the context completely. They didn't get the accent right or like, you know, little details that right. will take some of the homework. But the, the actual presence, the, the, the allowing themselves to just let whatever emotion comes up flow through, that's, that's where that natural instinct of power, that's when you see someone, you're like, oh, okay. And that's our signature. We're talking yeah. about our signature. We're talking about our energy. And there's nothing more modern than to represent your style, your signature, and to really live that, right? Instead of mm -hmm. kind of picking up on artificial tools and tropes and stuff that kind of works for others, but it's not really you expressing that. And after a while, maybe you can fake it till a certain point, but after a while, you see that with an artist. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm not sure where this is going, if that's really him. I'm, I'm, it's not as catchy, as believable, and as, as compelling as yeah. the, the stuff that comes from that type of development, of searching for your roots. And as a matter of fact, one of the you know, first things I let my, my actors do is um, I tell them to draw a tree. And um, they kind of look back at me like, what do you mean? It's like, yeah, draw a tree. <laughs> as simple as that. And so they draw this tree, and after a while, it's like, ah, so it me, I am the tree, right? Is this what, I, you're, what you're saying? Is like, yeah, in a way, yes. So we have roots. Our roots are in the dirt, are in the soil, where it's muddy, where it's invisible, right? Where it's, where it's funky, right? And then we have the trunk, you know? This is our experience, right? Our crest, our crust, right? That protects us, but mm -hmm. it's also, you know, the accumulation of scars, of wounds, and also of beautiful experiences. And then we have our crown. This is what everybody perceives, where the birds are. Ah, this is the shiny, the shiny, fancy, glossy stuff, right? But all that development, it's us. And the tree happens like a great play or a great movie in three acts. Roots, trunk, Mm. it's um you know when you probably know this saying but the as above so below the, in the spiritual world sure. and and when you think about it from our you know creating the craft if you if you don't spend time to make sure the roots are growing well and doing what they can well all this stuff up top you might be able to put some pretty leaves up there you might yeah. be able to throw a few bird you know a few bird yeah. nests so that the birds sure. will come but sure. if it can't sustain what you're trying to throw up top or or yeah. falsely build up there without yes. the foundation to fall back on. Because right. that's what I was talking with a friend of mine, another acting coach that's also a working actor. And, and we were talking about there's so many, you know, acting coaches that are just mm -hmm. making some money, <laughs> right? Let's just say it that in a nice way, it's making some way money. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and Everybody finds this niche. In this sure. Business. 
and like I say, I think I think every coach is right for someone, but yeah. no coach is right for everyone, right? Because yeah. I know that I can help everyone to an extent, but there might be something else that they need to go find sure. somewhere right. else and vice mm-hmm. versa, you know? Mm-hmm. But he was talking about, he's like, you know, when you, he had a bunch of his students finish a thing or whatever. He's like, so what did you, what do you have? What tools do you come back with that you can now implement that you can use? And they're like, well, we just, we had a lot of fun. <laughs> right. But, but what, did, what can you now apply? Like if I gave mm-hmm. you a scene right now, what could you apply to that? Yeah. How can you translate that work? Yeah. And, and that was like the thing. He was like, they didn't have anything tangible that they could bring back. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, to me, the self-exploration, all those kind of things, there's tangibility because you're, you're opening spaces, you know, different capacity of yourself oh, yeah. that you didn't have before. So right. if you would have came back and said, well, I have complete access to my full range of emotions now. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's work. Oh, yeah. But if you come back and all you can say is, I made some nice friends. How much did you pay for that? <laughs> Was it really worth it? I mean, like you said, you have to make certain experiences, right? And, right. and maybe that experience, let's say, you know, the, the, the lesser equipped experience, you're coming back with less tangible luggage, let's say, right? Or, or less you know, achievable, actionable instrument. That experience yeah. serves you to kind of understand, okay, I need something else, or that experience serves you to understand, okay, I need more tangible tools, or <laughs> this is definitely not what I'm go- going back to, yeah. right? All these things kind of serve you to understand, to kind of navigate, because nobody tells you. At drama school, I remember it was all about the exploration, improv, fencing, music, ballet, all that stuff, beautiful stuff. But yeah, who prepares me for the road, like really? And this right. is also the reason why we call ourselves the studio of modern acting, because so it's not just about contemplating about the craft, which is absolutely amazing and sure. beautiful, fantastic. Yeah, part, part of the part of the circle, of course. But coming back to the tree, the crown is as big in volume. If you would dig out the tree, you would see that the roots are as big as the crown. So the, the deeper the roots, the, you know, the bigger the crown. If you don't really work on that, like really kind of understanding who you are and perceiving and kind of creating deep roots that will also help you to settle your craft, right, into understanding your role in the industry, you can't really build up that crown, that shiny, yeah. beautiful crown that kind of, you know, represents you as a king. There was a, a, another saying I'd heard that, that referenced the tree again, and it was um, your, your, your leaves will only reach as far to heaven as your roots can reach to hell. So to get the higher capacity, you have to be willing to dig to the deeper levels of that. It's only eleven minutes, and we already started. <laughs> Thank you, man. I didn't. I don't. I didn't prep all the audio. It's always and... the same with us. Always the same. <laughs> we can't keep it still. No, just talk about the stuff. <sighs> That's what that. the stuff is. Yes, you know. Definitely. And I, you know, it. Like or to us saying. at least. I mean, to everybody else. Right. Like everybody does his thing how he wants to do it. You have your repetition, sure. you have your Meissner, you have your Stella Adler, you have whatever, Susan Betts and Chabak, all beautiful stuff. Yeah. To me, art is, in a way, it's, it's, I, I, can't, I can't distinguish it from being also a part spiritual and a part metaphysical and ethereal, right? There is yeah. something in art that is irrational, controversial, and sometimes dirty. And it, I can't keep this out, out of my scope of creating art. If I keep this out, again, it, it, to me, it tastes bland and, and yeah. kind of flat. And, and I lose, I lose um, the spirit There's of a it. piece gone, yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there's a piece gone, or, or for your further reference, nobody put the sax in. 
there was no saxophone. Like, what, right. what are we listening to right well, now? To, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where's the jazz? Like, right. it's not, yeah. we can't fully play unless right. we have all of that stuff that we've allowed ourselves to go into. Like you were saying, you have them draw a tree. I'll have them kind of backwards work into um, character breakdown. I'll give you a character mm -hmm. breakdown. I'm like, I'm not giving you a script. Today's character mm -hmm. work is you, brother. Dive in. Nice. Break all that stuff down on you. Find yes. that dirty, ugly thing that you don't want anybody to see and yeah. write on it. Journal yep. about it. Yep. Figure out all those crazy things that you thought you needed to hide because most likely, oh, man, that's where the power's at. That is oh. probably what people are going to hire you for. Yeah. For, for, like, and, you know, not, I, I don't want to, you know, do the name-dropping game, but we play... <laughs> Like we we placed our our clients into really major productions. Like I'm talking to major productions and a hundred million dollars north and stuff like that. And because of that, because during the audition they started doing the the irrational stuff. Because during the 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 chemistry reading they started doing something else and being counterintuitive and listening more to their roots and really kind of fletching out what their madness was all about. Right, right. that control obsession that happens in that moment and that kind of one one over the production to, you know, to really, you know, go for them and really book them. Yeah. Does that happen all the time? Probably not, right? So sure. there's always a mixture. It's it's not always being crazy. I don't I don't I don't try to insinuate that you have to be, you know, beating yeah. up the place all the time, but just listening to yourself, really being yeah. in control of your of your craft but also being in contact with that phantom aspect of your psyche. Yeah, it's it's funny because you you know you'll find these traps that that newer actors totally dig into the trap of like, well the the breakdown said, mm -hmm. the breakdown's great. The casting mm -hmm. director probably wrote that breakdown, mm -hmm. not the writer. Right. Even if the writer wrote wrote it, he's expecting you to find you in there yes. to show yeah. me that like, you know when I when I've because I you know produce and direct here and there and when we're casting stuff, it's like the last thing I want is for you to try to show me the exact idea I had in my head. Oh, absolutely. I want to throw it away. I want yeah. you to show me something, and I'm going to go, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a guy wow. to play the this role. Is, it's this right. chick, right? right? I don't right. know. Right. right. Show and, me you. And there is another psychological aspect that, uh, you know, a casting director, uh, he writes the breakdown like 12 hours before he sends out the casting to all of his 200 actors. Now, and then he receives uh, 180 tapes and they're all according to this breakdown. And after, you know, kind of going through 150 of the 180 tapes that he received that are all doing the same thing, he kind of, oh, he wishes so much for another breakdown. He wishes so much that somebody would change the narrative and kind of spice up the stuff. And if I'm... You know, and all of a sudden, wow, there is somebody who does that. And then, what a boom, he kind of, maybe he's not booking the role, but he kind of pops up and, and pops out. It's like, oh, interesting. This guy or this lady is doing something else. And, and automatically, he kind of yeah. you know, pauses for a second, right? He pays more attention. He's more aware of the product because that, there is this wonderful book. It's called The One of an Eight-Inch Theory, right? You just okay. have to... You know, right. stick, sticking out a little. So, so the brain immediately goes for that one. It's sticking out, right? It's like just one of an eighth of an inch. Ah, but it's easier because our brain loves the path of least resistance. So give yeah. him a reason to pick you. You know, stick out just a little bit. It's like the uh, the the, the being running from a bear. It's like you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than your slow friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but it, you know you're you're it's right true. and. How many times have you seen the breakdown come out and 
and, and this happens sometimes before I even put mine on tape. I mm-hmm. love obviously being early, but I, I'm not going right. to rush whatever pops up because sure. I have I have been in the middle of the audition on take two and went, holy shit. I don't know why, but I feel like there's an accent coming out and I got to do it. Let's just mm-hmm. do one. Let's just try yeah. it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But but how many how often do you get a, a reissue of the breakdown and they completely changed the breakdown or they just were like, yeah, no, yeah, no yeah. breakdown, just yeah. a, a male, you know, 30 yeah, to 40. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we, they're we like, had... I don't want you to follow the directions <laughs> of this. <laughs> right. We had gender swaps happening during the, the self-tape recording process. A casting director calling is like, she's a girl now. It's like, um, <laughs> thanks. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Call the other one. Like we had that. But generally, um, what I love to do is like follow the breakdown, you know, just yeah. have one safely on your side, record that one. And now let's be counterintuitive. And now let's fletch out something special. And now yeah. let's go for the crazy stuff. Let's improvise a little bit. Let's play with the rhythm. Let's play with the speed, with, with, with the intensity of the delivery. Let's see where we can tap into. And yeah. like, like similar to you is like I, I asked... The actor or the actor is like, where are you right now? How do you feel? Yeah, really bad. So why you try to interpret this like funny and loose? Yeah, because it's written there. Yeah, but it doesn't work. So it's, you know, it's, this is not God. It's not the testament, right? So go for it. Just show me yeah. your creative side. If you can win me, chances are the casting director will be impressed as well. So go for something that suits you in the moment. If you're completely, um, you know, obstacling yourself and just kind of translating what's there, it makes no sense because everybody will see, okay, this is stiff and it's not really, it's not really mm-hmm. her thing. Just go for, for something that it's closer to you in that moment. Rather see your, your truth than you faking what I thought I wanted to see. For sure. Right? Because that's at the again end of the, the day, assumption, uh, you know, what, what does yep. he think of me? Yeah. Well, and then, you know, like you said, it's like if, if I turn in something that was my truth in the moment because this was, this was what I had going on, Casting, or me, if I'm casting, I might see it and be like, "Wow, this is not what I'm. This is not the scene." <laughs> but can you send them a redirect? Because I want to. I'm that mm-hmm. you were interesting enough and truthful enough in what you were doing mm-hmm. that I might take the time to go, give them a little redirect of blah mm-hmm. blah blah, and you know, sure. you yeah. always hear this, and it's just another trope that people tend to go down the road of. But people think redirect means God, I did something wrong. No. no, you nailed something is what it means because yes. they wouldn't have given you a redirect. They wouldn't have asked exactly. you to do it again. They were, don't they do it the rest? Swipe up. Yeah, exactly. You're building your cathedral of success and you need different stonemasons. You, di- you need different workers and engineers to build that cathedral. And so someone mm-hmm. comes along, studies your plan and says, this is genius. I give you this brick. This suits perfectly into your construction. It's not because you're wrong, because somebody has recognized something you were not seeing but based on the principle that you gave him. So it's, you know, you are cross-polluting. You're, you're cross-kind of enhancing your product, right? Yeah. Cross-pollinating, I guess that's the word. Cross-pollinating, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you can pollute it too. I mean, every, you know, no, 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 it's 2023, everybody's putting something no, in the water. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you spent a lot of time stage before film, right? Mm-hmm. What was What did you find was your kind of your biggest like honing into when that transition started for you like what was it that you were like oh okay I, I i'm starting to realize what i need to shift yeah so being on stage for so many years and playing like really classical drama like shakespeare schiller goethe uh, greek tragedies and all that 
um, of course, it's a very visceral and um, yeah, it's an ancient experience. I, ca mm -hmm. I can't frame it in a different way. And so you feel very much connected, right? If you go through the practice and rehearsals with the character and the stage, and it's something that is, um, yeah, it's very visceral and less technical in a way, right? Even though you have to repeat the same play over and over again, maybe sometimes even for years, right? Right. It's still every time it's life, it's fresh, it's a new take, it's a new aspect. All that, if you translate it into film and features and, you know, being on the studio lot where the process is more technical, it's more, you know, jumping from the master shot into the super close-up, right? Jumping from the, you know, the super large frame into the, you know, super detailed frame. You kind of, you know, you realize that you can work with the same forces that you have to tap into different fields and you also have to realize that theater is is acting with an axe you know mm -hmm. you have something a big movement, right big reach big presentation but acting in front of the camera especially when we're talking about the you know feature films is is really acting with a laser you have to kind of condense you know squash everything together compress it and now it's all behind your eyes and yeah. here is the big grand action that you had before with the axis just happening here and so Richard Burton famously once uh, said, "Acting in front of a camera is acting in between your eyes and your mouth. Everything else doesn't really matter. Everything happens here." In a way, that's true. Of course, our head is connected to our body sure. and, and gives us all sorts of beautiful impulses and movements. But it's really, it's kind of realizing that you have to kind of condense it and put it behind your eyes and stay a bit more focused and remembering also your actions because we're jumping from the, you know, big master shot into yeah. the super detailed close-up. The, uh, the, the knowing, not showing. In a way, yes. And right, because if you know it, it it's probably going to show up. If you're feeling yes. it, it's going to show up. Versus yeah. the stage where I, there is a little bit of me that has to make sure that you can see it from wherever you're at. Yes, and there are some crazy actors like me that always love to improvise. So, <laughs> ditto, ditto. I'm the worst. <laughs> and, and dude, I mean, some of my colleagues really hated me, uh, if, especially you know, uh, at the, at the soap opera I was playing. After 18 years, it's like, oh, finally he's gone. <laughs> finally, we can rely on what's written in the script and not this crazy Sicilian doing his stuff. <laughs> and so, yeah. But I love it. I love both aspects. I think it's sun and moon. Right? Yeah. It's as above, so below. Right? It's, it's yin and yang. Right? It's the visceral, antique tragedy and it's the new, modern, technical aspect. Both mm -hmm. are, are beautiful elements and facets of this thing called the acting craft. Yeah, similar to, to the acting with the axe versus the laser, I would always say it's like, um, it's, it's like getting in the ring with a lion. Mm -hmm. Right? That lion, it takes one hit, and he's going to knock your ass out. That's stage, right? You, you better be ready for something big. Yeah. And then TV and film is like playing with a house cat. You can love <laughs> on it. You can be sweet. Next thing no. you know, that fucker's carved your eye out. <laughs> because it's that little bitty detailed stuff versus the grandiose of a, a lion and the persona. You know, and then the yeah, other absolutely. stuff is this condensedness that happens. I had to kind of realize that it's inverted, right? Because yeah. the big stuff that you do on stage, if you're playing, I played, you know, uh, north of uh, a thousand people sitting in the auditorium. So when you have like 1,500, 1,700, 2,000 people, you know, kind of sitting there and waiting for something that hits them, you have to play big and it kind of fits them yeah. small. And vice versa, when you play in front of the camera, you have to play it small so it hits big. 
And so it's, it's that crazy transition. It's a lot of fun. I can see some actors that, you know, rather stay in the theater business. I met some, mm -hmm. some really like astonishing colleagues, but they would not function in front of the camera. Like even though they could like speak six languages, even sure. ancient Greek, like very, very knowledgeable, super deep uh, persons, right? Like real yeah. artists. But somehow that, that wouldn't reflect, that wouldn't translate in front of the camera because everything they did was just a bit, you know, Play. Pump, pumpish, right? Yeah. Pumpish and pushy, right? It's would you... Would you say, like, to, to me, and this is what always kind of rang true, and of course this is my version, this is, I have no negative towards film or stage. Um, I, I have sure. appreciation for both. My, my preference was always film um, because of the level of truth that I had to mm -hmm. allow. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's, you know, like you were saying, there is this, this energy level I have to have for the stage that mm -hmm. I almost, you know, I have to turn on before I go to the stage versus with screen, film and television, I, I can't touch that button. If mm -hmm. I turn anything on, falsehood begins. Yes, I, yeah. I have to literally just allow myself to let that moment before pull me back into whatever these moments are. Yes. So would you say, and again, this is kind of what I have found, is someone in a the stage version of this work that, that prefers that and doesn't really want to dabble in TV, some of those characters, it was more of the freeing level of this is not me and no mm -hmm. one judges me for it mm -hmm. versus TV and film mm -hmm. where you have to find yourself within. And that's a person that people judge you for that, right? No one's like, oh, this character. No, they're like, oh, God, I loved Meryl Streep in. I hated Meryl Streep in. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, oh, the character of, you know, they don't say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's maybe kind of also one of the reasons why some actors that are great on stage don't work out in front of the camera or don't, you know, they're not able to translate the same power into yeah. a compelling performance in front of the camera because all of a sudden they have to kind of undress themselves, right? Like yeah. what you're saying, I think is totally spot on. It's true, as, as, as crazy as it sounds because theater is happening in the moment, right? We have to be present, mm -hmm. but in the way, it's also an execution of your rehearsal, even though there right. are some folks that love to improvise a lot, but still we have to kind of keep some sort of structure otherwise of course, uh, people won't be entertained and, 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 and your colleagues will kill you after a couple right. of nights. <laughs> so you have to kind of make sure that kind of that stays in a, in a sort of a balance. So it is, to a certain point, uh, an execution of things that you have done previously. And therefore, it becomes some sort of an automated process where, mm -hmm. as when you're standing in front of the camera, every take counts. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden, if you can try to fletch it out more and more and more, like you're saying, and really kind of drill. I, I love to say drilling to your pockets of honesty, right? There are some pockets of honesty inside of you. You have to find the right, like find the right drill to get there as quick yeah. as possible, right? And, and without any pressure, of course, but, you know, get there as soon as possible. Because if you, the thing is, after Days and days and days, yeah, we might find something truthful. But the th nowadays, also through social media and through the development of the technologies and of the, you know, the pressure, we have to be fast also, mm -hmm. right? And so therefore, I, I, you know, back in the days when I, when I started painting and drawing, it took me like months to finish a painting. And then I, I, I found a great master, a great mentor, and he said to me, try to make it in one week 
what you have done previously in three months. It's like, no, it's too fast. No, because all of a sudden your brain gets forced to find solutions that are spontaneous and not always preconceive everything. Yeah. So there is a, there is a magic in speed, right? Hermes, Mercutio, there's a, there is um, Prometheus. There is, um, there is a magic in delivering overnight, right? Yeah. And delivering the, the fire as quick as possible. So you, you kind of have to drill for that. And it's kind of like, it's, it, I would say that kind of reminds me of like when people get the audition and there are those that will overthink everything and try to find, you know, like so to make a, make a meal out of a snack versus if you trust the instinct, find the truth and let yourself roll. I mean, I'll, I'll usually get, if depending on time frame, I might, sure. if I can do it, I'll pop it out the first day and just yeah. trust the instinct because yeah. most likely our, our natural human connection with, with love, hate, all our real emotions if you've if you've gotten to the point that you've freed up all those emotions, you can allow yourself to just be that being in the moment literally is like eighty percent of the work if you understand the breakdown fast enough, right? That you can you can assess and know the tone of the show and whatever it is. I find my work becomes more that with TV and film is like, oh, I need to I gotta at least get an idea of the tone. Like I need mm -hmm. to know what the show is. I need to mm -hmm. at least get a feel for who the director and or producers, what what company is doing this? Because that gives me, okay, if it's you know, all Seth Rogen movies, I know the freedom of improv I have. I know the level right. of comedy I can play in. I know what they're they're really looking for, that freedom that can go in versus, you know, someone like a, a David Mamet where it's like, mm, let me get this exactly how he would robotically prefer me to do it and get out of here. Right. Um, and True. What was, there was something else you had said that uh, that I'd liked the... Oh, uh, the it, it becomes kind of that muscle memory with with stage and film as well. It's like mm. once you get used to this level of performance that mm. every time you go to that with the stage, you feel, oh, here it is, right? You know yeah. where that, that is yeah. Yeah. versus with TV, it's a different level. That, 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 that needle has to move somewhere else. So if, if you're doing what we look at and go, wow, that's so truthful – for the stage actor, like, this is so fucking boring. Like, right. I'm not doing, like, <laughs> I'm not so acting. Boring. I'm not here. Right. It's true, yeah. And and sometimes because you said uh, Mamet, and I, I, I totally get what you're saying. <laughs> and his book, he said also sometimes, you know, the stage actor steps down, right? He, he comes down, you know, from two hours of, of, of performance things. Oh, I was great. Yeah, didn't I nail it? So everybody's like, um, you kind of <laughs> leaned a little bit too much into the crowd tonight. Right? <laughs> and then sometimes you come down and it's like, oh, tonight was really bad. I didn't feel anything. And everybody, bravo, that was your best night so far. It's like, uh, it's yeah. Like, how crazy that our perception on stage can be so different, like, you know, dramatically different to what actually was perceived by the audience, where as, you know, in front of the camera, you kind of have a pretty good um, idea if you're nailing yeah. it or not. You, you immediately get it. Because like you said, it's really about drilling for that honesty. And, and right. every take counts. Every take is like, okay, something else, the movement. Uh, the adjustment, the choreography, you know, the perceiving the room. Maybe I should take some something, something from that perspective. Maybe I should take in more, mm -hmm. the, whatever it is. So you always adjust your levels. You're constantly in search for a new input. You're almost like a DJ. You're kind of you're playing right. with, with all these different harmonies, pitches, sounds, more bass, less bass, more frequency, less all that. And so you've got the feedback of the room to, to know what's working, what's not. Yeah. If the crew is silent, they're just watching you. You're probably doing a good job. 
Yeah. I always find that for like, you know, when we're on set of like you finish the scene and of course you, there is no feedback mm-hmm. unless the director comes to talk to you, which I kind of prefer he's good. Like if you don't talk to me, I know I'm doing, right. I'm fine. <laughs> if right. you got to come tell me something, I'm like, yeah. ah, what? <laughs> but, <laughs> but I find that like, you know, we, we tend to have the idea of like, oh, this was a great scene. I know I was doing great. Well, if you know you were doing great, then mm. you weren't in it. Right. Right. But if you it, think you weren't doing anything, then all of a sudden everyone else is like, holy shit, man, you were in there. Really? Right. I didn't feel anything. I didn't yeah. realize that. <laughs> Funny, isn't it? It's like there is so much to being an artist. And, and it's not about, oh, it's so important and all that. Yeah, it is. I mean, everything is important. A mailman right. is important. Uh, somebody who delivers the milk is super important. An actor can be important, right? But in the way, of course, we're duplicating ourselves mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, uh, creating this other character, right? And, and that character has to react as truthful as possible to these imaginary circumstances. So there is something about this replication of yourself or this duplication of yourself with another name, with, with another, you know, with another history, with another background and all that. And because over time, if you, you know, do it for a certain period of time, you realize these characters, they will never completely go away. They, they are, you know, part of your mental folder now. They are part of your, of your brain palace. You can kind of yeah. trace them back and kind of reopen up those folders and say, oh, this is how I used to play this in that situation under those circumstances. Maybe I can reuse this or translate this for this new endeavor, for this new role, right? And so the more you do, the more you accumulate, you know, the more perception you will have of what you actually do. Yeah, I think that's also where you get to understand the perspectives that are that are out there in the world because you had to jump into that lens for a while. You know, mm-hmm. it's like uh, it's like that you've seen the like the, the weird glasses that show you other perception or different like um, yes. different tones of reality. Where it's yes. like, okay, if if I put these lenses on as this you know this this new character, I get yeah. to see the world from a totally different point of view. Yes, I always wish like I would love I would love if there were like. I would love if there were race glasses. Like, could you imagine <laughs> if everyone's having this huge argument over race, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, right. just put those on for the, just for today. And everybody had to switch. And it was just like every month mm-hmm. you got to change. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the process to becoming a, a, a normal person in society, which you had to spend five months of like switching to a different pair of glasses. <laughs> so by the time you got to your fifth month, you were like, I have so much respect for everyone in this world (laughs) and either what you've done, what you've been through, what you've been blamed for. (laughs) It's absolutely, we go through the same struggles. We pretty much have of our, you know, everybody, everybody needs to put pants on one leg (laughs) at a time. One leg at a time. (laughs) Right. It's, it's, and you know, if you, if you go to a cemetery and you just kind of, you know, you, you play a little bit of necromancy and you duck up all these, you know, bodies, you will find skeletons, right? They, and they will all look the same. And the experiences it's, are there no longer. You know, it's, it's just, we are, you know, we are containers for 72 years on average for a certain experience. And yeah. my God, it really, that is like the, the most minuscule and most ridicule and the smallest element uh, of importance when you're, when you're going through that cycle of kind of having that privilege to absorb all this knowledge and make all these experiences what color your skin is. And I mean, yeah. this is like, what is it? It's what you do. How yeah. you use your energy. I think that's where there's so much power, like in history, if we 
Which is its own skewed aspects mm. because, you yes. know, looking at history books already, there's mm, some mm, stuff mm, that you're mm, like, but that's um, that's not. Not really. <laughs> was it the, um, the, the, the history is told by the victors. So while Napoleon you can look at book yes. history, mm, yes. it's mm. a version or a perspective of history. It's why I think that's why there's such an argument nowadays of like, oh, but these are facts. It's like, yeah. Mm, not really. Not, it's a perspective of facts. Yeah, it's a perspective of facts. I mean, who, and some uh, of it's real. <laughs> for yeah, if you write it down and it it gets perceived as such, then it becomes, of course, to a certain extent, reality. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it really occurred. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a, we can use it as a metaphor. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, I love the Bible. I love the Quran. I love the Upanishads. I, you know, I read all that stuff. Yeah. There's so much beautiful, juicy stuff, right? It's, it's like reading screenplays, but really good ones, oh, right? Oh, yeah, right. There's so much stuff that I can use for my acting in there. And I love these stories, and I believe most of them are just metaphors of celestial occurrence, right? They're not necessarily really physical um, events that went mm-hmm. down. They just were made physical in order to represent them a bit more clearer for the people. So people could really understand, um, you know, most of the fairy tales uh, are just about the seasons, about the planets, how they move, how they relate to each other and what the planets are giving to the, to the soil. But, you know, then it's written as a dragon, as a witch and, you know, as, as a magician. And, and so therefore, is it really important? Like, if that is actual fact or not. It's our interpretation of how we decipher it today and what we, what we make out of it. And so... What can you learn from it? Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the things, because, you know, my, my love for this craft has become more of, like, how can we use all these things to, to help us better ourselves, the world around us? And, like, you can take the time to go, you know what? And I always say, go to the complete opposite. If, you know, if, if you have a, a certain personality or or a type of person that you just can't stand right start start with that person first yes understand character do a full breakdown in them write a write a a page or two of script that that allows you to get into something that would be their daily issues or problems live through that a little bit let your perspective kind of change because we have to find a place of love there otherwise you're just acting right it's just it's the bullshit acting and usually um, the stuff we have most resistance, where we feel like there is, you know, the, the biggest resistance happening, it's because it's so close to us. Mm-hmm. You know, the people we hate the most are usually the, you know, the ones that are, they have similar character traits to us, or they have achieved something that we also wish for. I so, think it's under your skin the easiest. Right. It's, was it the... The hermetic, the hermetic principles is the, exactly. uh, the mirror effect. Yeah. So our our world, if we look at it as a place that we are literally all this one, then if I see someone and think there's a problem with them, it's literally the mirror or something that you're dealing with. It's usually me. It's usually right? my projection. Yes. It's always you, and that's. It's, it's funny because that also, when you've heard, I think it's actually the beginning of the Kabbalion where it says the uh, the the teacher will arise when you are ready. Yes. And, and those that yes. aren't ready will not understand or something. Right. If you've ever tried to talk to someone that is not mm-hmm. ready to hear that most of their issues are their problem and their fault, mm-hmm. it is the biggest backlash you will ever hit. Wow, that's good. Yes. Because yeah. they're not ready to hear that. They don't Ex- want to hear that it's their fault. 
Exactly, and there is this problem with the neophyte that he thinks that the hierophant knows all the answers, right? And therefore, he gives him like, you know, when sometimes the, the neophyte turns into a villain, it's because he doesn't really understand the master or he kind of reacts against him because the master is not giving him, in his opinion, all the guidance that he needs, right? And as acting coaches, we, we're there many times, like, yeah, but just tell me what I need to do sometimes after three hours of, you know, taping the self-tape, and I understand, and sometimes the actor is kind of, no, just tell me. Mm -hmm. It's like, if I would tell you what you need to do, and you would do it exactly like I tell you to do it, and you're not getting booked, Whose fault is it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the master has failed more often than the beginner has ever tried. And therefore, it is a very, very dangerous business. And I don't take any advice that I give in my videos on my YouTube channel, Coach MC Studio, wherever I kind of, you, you see me popping up, I don't give any type of advice lightheartedly. It's not like, all right, let's, let's brag about my business today. Let's record something because mm -hmm. I know how dangerous advice is because this yeah. happened to me too. And so therefore, it's always an exchange. It's always growing into the role and really understanding what can I accomplish here? And step by step, you get to the point where you realize, all right, I can create it now by myself. This is now my area of expertise. I have full control of my instruments. So this is what my master wanted from me. This is what my coach, you know, kind yeah. of, you know, worked on with me to achieve that freedom and self-sustainability because there are some acting coaches out there that, you know, that, you know they, they like parasites. They like clients mm -hmm. that are coming back over and over again. Right. I believe we have a different approach. I believe yeah. we want to free people as, as fast as possible and want to give them tools that are so tangible and so cool and so reflective of themselves that they can work on their own with them. And they don't necessarily need to come back all the time. Mm -hmm. it's, it, I, I usually refer to that as to, like, are you, are you going to an acting coach or are you going to a director? If you're coming mm -hmm. to me as a director, I can direct you into a good version of this scene. There mm -hmm. is no perfect, but I can direct you into making sure. this a great audition. Absolutely. But you're not gonna walk away with anything you learn. Mm -hmm. Auditions, mm -hmm. if we're taping it, sure. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna probably play a little bit of director hat while sure. doing audition, because there's a sure. time frame we gotta get this thing out. But if you're coming to me to, to work on becoming a better actor, I'm not yeah. touching the director hat. That is not my job. For sure. If you just have two hours and you, you don't want to play an acting class when you have a self-tape audition that needs to be delivered you know, by 12 p.m. Of course, it's not about right. that. But um, the, the thing is you need also a bit to direct in order to, to let the, the, the artist concentrate fully on his performance, right? So he yeah. can, you know, this is what we're there for. Sure, of course. But in a way... I don't know, I have this strange thing called idealism, right? In me, I always love to kind of liberate people and give them something, right? They can, yeah. even from a self-tip audition, they can walk away and say, damn, I did not only deliver something, I've learned something too. Yeah, and I think that's what you're saying. I, I, I don't want you, you know, if, if you're going to coaches that you always have to go back to every time just to figure all the answers out, mm -hmm. again, right. you're walking away without tools so that you can know mm -hmm. how to mm -hmm. apply. Yeah, yeah. Man. probably it's intentional. How are you right? going to do this by yourself? Right. What are you going to do when you get right. on set? Right. You know, it's like I can I can run you through just auditioning all the time, but if you've never taken the time to actually understand how to do a full breakdown on on actual script, you might be great at these one to two liners. You might you might even pull off maybe a guest star here and there. You're never going to carry a full script for sure because you all don't right. understand the story. Right. You don't understand yeah. these arcs. You don't know how to how to build something and layer it and bring your true self to this and that's why i always love like the fact that if i can 
if I would rather you not come to my class if you spent two two classes and you didn't walk away with something that that helped mm-hmm. you further yourself or you didn't have the breakthrough you didn't have something that you're like oh shit that's good stuff yeah. like if you're just leaving you're like at a good time I mean that's great but <laughs> yeah at the end but- of the day I don't need you to come back for me because you need me I want you to be out there and people are like oh god you you know what you're doing yeah Let's, listen. Brother, even if you're losing a couple of dollars in revenue, right? It's it's about you know if the culture stays alive, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a good time as well. Yeah. If I just deliver and I I don't inspire, then the culture is gonna crumble over time, and that's gonna have repercussions on me as well. So right. I don't believe in 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 in, in teaching people not to be uh, you know self-sustained self-reliant, or, or right. self-reliant. It's it's just not the way I operate because yeah. I, I I grew up as a gypsy. I moved uh, probably a hundred times in my life, you know, and now I moved from one continent to the other. <laughs> and so I was like, now you're just doing it on larger scales. That's just larger scales. And so therefore, you know, you know, I, 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 I you know, this, this, oh, everywhere I go, I meet a new culture. I meet an, a, a new ecosystem mm-hmm. and I want to add something to that ecosystem and not just, you know, taking out of it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that for me, I, I used to say I'd love for everyone at the age of like 17 or so to have to move somewhere where they had no family and no friends. And they got to actually figure out society. They got to figure mm-hmm. out the human experience. They got mm-hmm. to ask some of those questions that they didn't get to ask anywhere else because everyone pretty much yeah. had to believe the same thing. I would love that to happen because, again, it's that self-exploration that you're having to figure out your own. I think um, great artists are travelers. Yeah. Yeah. In a way that it, it's really what's perpetuating your art onto you know the next level. You have to yeah. travel. Of course, you can travel a lot with your mind, and with your heart, and you, by reading and all that. But you know the thing of moving and getting in different cities and different environments is, is truly important. Yeah. Kind of picking up on on all these currents. Full frequencies of different cities, man. Mm-hmm. Um, while we're here, let's jump over. I'd like to kind of flip the script. Let's jump into because sure. what I I love and you and I kind of enjoy this side of the world but you know like i was saying earlier is originally it was just stage you you know mm-hmm. you you had to train for the stage then it became mm-hmm. te- film and television film first and then later on we had the television and then then and now it became a little bit of social media which it may mm-hmm. be going back a little bit with ai going back to having to do yeah. stage work for a bit depending right. on how that goes because <laughs> right. um, no one's copying your image right. but <laughs> i love that you and i really honed in on look there there is no reason with social media youtube these iphones like you have so many capabilities of creating doing and and honing your craft and practicing this this getting to live in the moment by yourself why not create your own stuff and what was it that about you know was there a time that just you know it hit you was like oh my god social media is the place or did you start playing and kind of start realizing as you were going i was very reluctant in the beginning because I'm, you know, I'm coming from a time where I used to kind of, you know, ship my stuff out, my portfolios out with by mail with CPs and DHS in the beginning and all that stuff. And so I, I, you know, I, I, I happen to be one of those lucky bastards that grew up without any, any, you know, smartphones and stuff like that. I had a Game Boy. And so me too, it's completely different these days, but, um, if I had to trade, I would definitely, you know, pick social media over, you know, the old glory days. Because back in the days, you had this pile of things that you kind of fill out, send out. It was, 
a lot of work you were oh, done yeah. by the end of the day and there was no real productivity behind it there was no really it's like shipping stuff out and waiting for the call now you can you know just just take your phone find out by the end of the day find out by the end of the day what you got how people respond um, yeah what else is new I, you know pick up on currents and 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 kind of being you know you are the one who is you know you are like an antenna you're transmitting yeah. energy vibrations your pulsations and the more you transmit the more you know you create that critical mass around you and now we have the possibility to do that and so yes there are of course many negative aspects about you know the digitalization and the the online revolution and all that but definitely one great part about this and one great benefit about this is that we can you know rehearse and practice and hone our skills on a daily basis and, and let people see that immediately right mm -hmm. and get the response immediately yeah, I love that there's literally nothing stopping you from writing a eight-part series that you're going to shoot of your own self at your house with your cell phone that posts on your streaming service, your YouTube, your Instagram, TikTok, whatever you want to do, and you build a fan base. Like, I, I do think indie film is kind of the future of, of, of our industry. For sure. Um, AI... Uh, generally, like social media and and the cell phone will help us to to create new entertainment empires, right? Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, we have to kind of you know address reality as it is. The Hollywood business model is is running out, right? Yeah. It's not really working anymore. I've like I'm sure you you've noticed this. It started a long time ago. The scripts oh, yeah. are getting worse and worse. <laughs> it's Development time is, is shorter and shorter. Pressure is higher and higher. Money is, is, is getting lost by the minute. And so this business model has to be completely, you know, yeah, it, it, it is, it is in, in, a, in a constant evolution. But right now we are really like on a threshold of time where it's, it's reshaping completely mm -hmm. in itself. And therefore I see the, the fragmentation and the fractalization of entertainment industry happening. In the States, we have Atlanta, Georgia growing like crazy. We have Louisiana growing like crazy. We have South and Central Florida growing um, also robustly. So we see more. Austin, and South Carolina. Austin, Austin yeah. South Carolina. We have more and more places that are now offering entertainment where you can shoot great entertainment, where you have great yeah. locations. Kevin Hart just moved uh, a couple of days ago to Atlanta and more and more offices opening up here as well. In Homestead, Universal is, is building new studio lots. So I think Arizona is about to be a pretty good size hub. I think Netflix and some of them are building out studios in Arizona or New Mexico. Um, yeah, and I, you know that to me, like that's the revolution. You don't you don't mm -hmm. have to be you know when we were we were kids, it was like you mm -hmm. go to L.A. if you yes. want to do TV and film, you go to New York if you want North, to do the stage and soap operas. That was it. it. Like those that were your it. options, right? Or you play you can, blues and jazz in, in Chicago and New Orleans. <laughs> right. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And now you can you can start your career wherever you're at. You can start yeah. doing all these things. You can t tap and tune into some of the you know most brilliant coaches that ever exist. Yeah, That's from great. your iPhone. Yeah, you don't and have to some... necessarily live in LA anymore. Nope. You don't have to be part of the pilot season that is liquefied anyways anymore. So uh, way more opportunities. And of course, yeah. you know the the gold is, is stretching a bit thinner, but that also allows us to crack open with new shoots and new flowers and, and yeah, new acting entertainment flowers will kind of grow out of this new soil. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to that. Cause you know, like I'm sure you did as the self tape stuff came out, I was like, Oh, let's do this versus mm -hmm. a lot of our industry. that was just yeah. so hard bent on. I don't want to be a 
I don't want to have to learn how to do a camera. I don't want to have to blah blah blah. And I'm like, right. I get to set up my own lights. I I get to. This I don't have fantastic. to go anywhere. I can oh, do I loved it. I loved it. I still. Love, I mean, I love assisting the self tape process, but I also love shooting them for myself. But I just. Yeah. The I, I you know I'm an optimist you know I was born I was on, on an island so I, <laughs> I was always fighting against the sea so I have to be an optimist and I always see like what the creative part about is like yeah. where where can I leverage my creativity in this and nothing else I'm I'm never about affirmations I'm always about questions yeah so how can I use this instead of saying my, I can't use this right one of my uh, one of my best friends producing partners uh, and I mentioned this before we he started a company called one grand film mm-hmm. and the whole idea because he and I shot a, a, a few different films we produced in this in this style of basically kind of anti-studio film stuff where we would kind of take our uh, what we own first we know who some of our actors who we have access to and we would literally build our script around the world versus you know, write a script from wherever you want, mm-hmm. and then you got to figure out how to get money to afford to make this script that you had this brilliant idea for. Yeah. So we're kind of working in opposite. So we do we do that where we're kind of helping people work their way through that. It's for actors that come and they're like, "Well, I don't. I'm not really a filmmaker, but you can be. Like, there, there's nothing stopping you from taking this stuff and building something out of it." What is a filmmaker? Is it a piece of paper? Is it? Oh, now I'm a filmmaker. Ah, like in the university told me so. <laughs> you're a creator yeah you're a creator and today you create with film tomorrow you're gonna create with wood and timber and the day after that you're gonna create with with pencils and paper yeah you're a creator so yeah it's all again it's about the limitations the systems um are setting up for us so we always stay in this mindset right 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 or you put on yourself but you know who who uh, kind of who helps us massively on, on putting these, you know, these cages of self-doubt right. and uncertainty and limitations on? I mean, it's and so step out of that, like see yeah. it as an opportunity wherever you are. Like you said, it's it's amazing. You can create like a movie out of your out of the palm of your hand. You can create a movie and shoot it right away with your friends. Send it in. Yeah. You know, go to festivals. Get festivals right. Yeah, get some grants from your region, from from your county. You really, you would be surprised how much money all these counties are giving away if you really apply in a, mm-hmm. in a in a proper way for it. Go and search for a production company that likes to kind of involve you in this roster. Search for an independent sponsor. There are many rich people out there that want to be in movies or want to produce a movie. There are many like yeah. crazy eccentric people out there you can collect money from that will invest in your product. So just you know, just start. You know how many uh, painters sell their art online? It's less than 20%. It's like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? It's like, why is your art not online? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to help uh, Instagram to grow. Yeah, but you're also not helping yourself to grow. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah and so what is, be- what is so ba- bad about Instagram growing? <laughs> yeah, but it's Mark, and Mark is an evil person. Yeah, I get that. Maybe he is, yeah, but nonetheless, he still gives you space to promote right. everything for free. So I would take advantage of that. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, like being the eternal optimist, is that the, you can either look at all of these things and think, man, there's so much negative, which of course, everything of course. has a negative or positive. That's, oh, that's, that's part of being the coin. There's going to be a flip side of both. But are you going to keep the negative side facing up or are you going to flip it over? And like, right. what, what can I do within that realm? What can I do to further what I'm doing, use this to leverage all this work that I would love to create for myself? There's no reason you can't, you know, the life you desire is being a creator and an actor. Pick your do phone. It. 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's nothing stopping anymore. I, I, I just had recently, I just had a, a beautiful uh, a client of mine, and, and, and she was like, I want to be a successful actress. God damn it. When is it happening? When I want to be a successful actress. It's like, you know what the, the thing is that kind of, you know, still holds you back? It's like, what? You think that being a successful actress has something to do with a piece of paper like a contract. Yeah, but if I get hired, I can finally, yeah, uh, if, 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 yeah, when the perfect constellation appears, if this com pops up and, and this finally happens, then I'm going to be ready to be a star. It's now you have to prove it to the universe mm -hmm. when nobody is watching, when there are no contracts and there is no piece of paper who is officially telling you black on white that you are a successful actress because now you're earning uh, this amount or this sum, right? It's, it's yeah. you living every day as if you are a successful actress already. It's not waiting for the validation from the system to kind of finally have that, you know, awareness for yourself and that consciousness, oh, now I am. No, it's yeah. because you practice like a successful actress that makes you a successful actress. It also steps you in the room as an artist to another artist. Like, I want to mm -hmm. hire someone on my level. I don't want to hire someone that's looking for me to, you know, pull yeah. them up here. This is really no, no, good. No. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's why we always look at manifestation and things in this... Absolutely. If we look at these frequencies in the same direction, okay, well, you have every ability to, even if you don't feel like you are the sex, su successful actress right now, here's a character breakdown. Mm. Fill it out. Build, mm. a, build that creative actress that works every day of her life, that, that owns this persona. Now start playing that. Start, start making your, yourself and this, this successful actress become the one. Because now when you step in front of me on a screen or an audition or in a room, I'm going, holy shit. Mm -hmm. I feel like this girl's been working like nonstop. Even exactly. if you haven't. Exactly. It's because you're resonating because you're emanating it. You know, people can feel it as like, mm -mm -mm, she's practicing, she's in the zone, she's warm, she's attentive. She does all the things a successful actress would do. Mm -hmm. Like somebody who was just coming out of, uh, you know, the studio lot, shooting 12 hours in a row, right? And it's like, it, because you already are in that mode and you are yeah. not searching for the validation. Oh, you can finally come in, right? Like you said, it's like, you know, a band is rehearsing and they need a, a guitar player, right? And there's you know, many, many people coming in and they're doing their sets. And then there's finally someone who's not even doing his set. He's asking maybe just the right questions. He's like, oh, guys, so we have this amp. Uh, what time can we rehearse here? But the light is coming in strangely. Is the sound really okay? And now he's already, like, behaving like a pro who has done this many times. So you're already kind of, it's not about necessarily what he plays. It's about what he's emanating, what he's resonating. He's like, oh, I can trust this guy. He's, mm -hmm. he's, he's acting like the real deal. He seems to be the real deal. Yeah. Well, so they're always, you know, you always hear people reference, and they're like, well, look, I'm, what I'm looking for is star power. They don't mean Brad Pitt. They can't right. get Brad Pitt. They right. need someone that brings the level of star power because they met them, and they're like, holy shit, this guy, he just took the room over. Like, right. This right. is his audition. Let, let We're him just go. here to let watch. Him go. Right. Yeah. Finally, I can enjoy the show. I think it was a story about Jason Alexander when he was auditioning for um, uh, Seinfeld, and mm -hmm. or no, it was it was Jason Alexander, but it was uh, he was playing a taxi driver on something that it was earlier right. before Seinfeld, right, right, but it's what right. he got known for. And if I remember correctly, he like went in first within character and was like this script is shit <laughs> threw it on and like did half of his scene from underneath someone's desk or something <laughs> i don't remember the detail but i'm like <laughs> right. 
he was already in, you know, you came in as this human. That's why we we talk about like, you know, if you're in Los Angeles, you're in New York, you get stuck playing, you have to find, Mm -hmm. here's exactly my niche. And Mm -hmm. this is what I'm going to stay as for a little bit until I can, you know, build my career or whatever, because people are going to see you as they see you and that's going to stick with them. So you can either go into the room as you and they get to know you and go, wow, there's so much power in this person. Are you coming as character? And for mm-hmm. the rest of the time, that cast director always thinks of you when they only have that character yeah. that comes up. Yeah. Imagine you come in, you are you, and then you play, then you switch to the character, and then you're switching back, and the casting director perceives all these changes, all these different facets. Oh, look how he was there, not need change to this, and then he got back to himself. And this is way more that, that, that you can offer. And I think um, it is, in a way, also being scared sometimes, of course, to you know lose traction or to you know to lose concentration or getting distracted if you're not coming in as the character and in the beginning if you want to do that do that or sometimes mm-hmm. even if you're in like feeling that certain characters do absolutely need that yeah by all means you can you can do that but on you know in the long term it's you need to enjoy this. You need to have fun. It's not about, again, like searching for the validation and, oh, yeah, I booked the role. It's about, hey, look, I love this. I will show you something. It will blow you away. Or maybe not, but I'm, I'm really happy to show you my work, right? Yeah. I'm, I came here for this. And I also want to talk to you guys. I want to know who you are, right? So if you're always coming in as the character, maybe you're always, you know, you, you find it hard to connect also to the room, yeah. to the energy, and also to the people and really leave. I have to admit, sometimes I booked roles more because of the social interaction, the personality, the communication that went on afterwards and before that, because it was just, the casting director said, you know, you weren't the best auditioning, but I had the feeling you were the best team player for this, for this production. You were the best yeah. fitting in into the overall mission of this film. And I like this quality about you humanly more. And then you proved me wrong with the performance afterwards because I think you did a marvelous job and you did way better than anyone else. But you didn't just show me that on the casting day. On the casting day, showed me more your personal humor, your, yeah. your, your attitude. And, and to them, that was more important. So it's, it's, I guess, also sometimes like really being open, right? Creativity happens in an open space. And when you're open, you feel that. You, you have your, ante- I, I call this antennas out, antennas in, right? Come, mm-hmm. come in with your antennas out. What is the mood here? Do they want a Swiss guardian, right, that just delivers and kind of, you know, sweeps off? Or do they want a human being that likes to talk? Or do they want a mixture? Like, you know, kind of get a sense of the yeah. room, of the ambience. Are you early in or are you one of the, the latest on uh, appearing today? Are you in the middle? Uh, have you heard w- how the casting director is feeling today? Like, what is the mood? And try to kind of right. sense that also a bit. And accordingly to what you sense, you maybe drive the audition or the presentation or your showcase, you know, in, in a certain direction. Yeah, I think a lot of the, you know, for me, it's like make sure you, there's obviously the homework of, of our, our craft, which is let me dive into the show, the work, all this. And sure. then I think there's that, that industry level, depending on if you're going for callbacks, of, okay, let me make mm-hmm. sure I know some of the work the director's done. So if we mm-hmm. do chat about it, I can be like, oh, yeah, dude. Sure. You know, Lock, Stock, Two Smoke, Marrows was my yeah. show and blah 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 like you know it fine. Was. You, you have the ideas of like yeah Did you fucking shoot me i just fucking got shot if you yeah, know yeah, what the yeah, um yeah, if yeah, you know what they've stuff. done or you have some yeah. things that have affected you you can have conversations that oh, also sure. let them know oh yeah they I ha- 
they're in this, you know. I, I absolutely agree. Um, it, it, it's crazy you're mentioning this. Um, I used to live in Berlin for four years, and I met Quentin Tarantino there, and we had like, uh, it was before New Year's Eve of 2010, I guess it was. He was shooting uh, Valkyrie, or was it 2011? I'm not sure right now. And um, I just read so much about him. I knew who his driver was. And so I kind of knew what his mood was for the last couple of weeks. So I knew exactly how to address him, right? So I had a, a pretty good information. I was feeling right in the moment. I offered him a beer, and off we, uh, off we went. And we talked, uh, like, for 45 minutes straight. It was beautiful. And so he was totally original and totally open and totally honest in his demeanor also towards me because he realized, ah, oh, he can trust me, right? I'm not right. there to search for a role. You know, I'm not a gold digger. I'm not someone who kind of likes to scoop around anything like that. It was the time before social media, so he was relaxed about pictures. So it was really like a like an eye-to-eye -eye type of conversation. And the thing is, you know, I think in the end, like, yes, they want to be treated and pampered and, and kind of venerated a little bit because their ego kind of, you know, is a little bit in the way. Okay, that's okay. I think every great artist is a bit of eccentric and needs that once in a while. It's not a bad thing. Probably we will be the same, or we are already. Who knows? But the thing is, like, it's part of the game. It's a game. Have fun, right? Yeah. Just just see it as such right it's 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 a, it's not rocket science right it's so therefore there's some good days bad days medium days but it's always a game it's always a game it's funny you keep saying game so the uh, i've been really digging there's there's a couple different there's this new kind of outlook and it, it's it's flipping a lot of um uh, with physicists and metaphysicists and they're talking about this idea of the headset mm -hmm. where we've we've kind of gotten to this new level of understanding with consciousness that mm -hmm. it's almost the best explanation is that we literally put on our headset mm -hmm. and go into this world mm -hmm. and if you look at this world as if it is literally a game where your senses are the headset that you're sliding on yes. when you go to sleep or close your eyes the headset's off there's nothing there you know to, to a visual extent right but right. but if you can have this idea that every day is the game and it's the fun of the game, like if, if your whole outlook towards life is how can I enjoy this moment, that yeah. just changes. It yeah. shifts us so much, Absolutely. you know? I'm, it's even like an ancient uh, Kabbalistic scripture, um, 13th century and the Zohar, that talk about exactly what you're saying. They're saying you are choosing your everyday filter. You're coming you know, from the spiritual mm -hmm. world where we all were one, and now you chose which filter. You chose if male, if female, if tall, if small. You chose how to play this game. You know, which, which roster do you want to fill up? What, what kind of shape do you want to you know, kind of have and all that stuff. So it's, it's really like putting on um, the goggles and, and playing the game and like we said this many times, if you lose, you learn. If you win, right. it's good, right? So it's, it's both times it's positive. And, and yes, I know, sometimes we, um, we are in the room, we feel we nailed it, we feel this is our role, we feel it's meant to be, we feel everything is, it's, it means so much, maybe it's the same background of the character, maybe it's the same upbringing of the character, kind of connects, them, connects us to the character, and, and, and we feel like we have to do this, and we feel so entitled. And we don't get that role. Let me tell you one thing. I mean, I used to kill myself over these roles where I felt like I was in, I was, I, I can say this now, it's, it's, it's been many, many years. 
I was, it was a head-to-head -head race between me and another actor called also Lorenzo for uh, Marco Polo, which was one of the you know, first big Netflix productions. And I, I saw myself being perfect for that role, right? And, and another Lorenzo got it, with whom I shot a web series, a great guy, but I feel like I'm the better actor, I need to do this, or what, what the hell? And I, it, it kind of it fucked me up for a couple of months, like really, yeah. and then I realized, Lorenzo was away in Tibet shooting this for two years. He kind of missed out completely on the Italian market. And in meanwhile, I developed a coach, which is a company that now brought me to the States and made everything possible in my life. And so the universe is perfect. Trust right. the process. You book the roles that you are supposed to book. You never know what's, what's hidden. And there is this Chinese proverb. is like, oh, the guy broke his leg. Oh, what a pity. This poor guy, he can't work as a farmer anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's, you know, let's pity him. Let's pity him. And a couple of weeks later, it's the general coming through uh, the countryside. And he's picking, you know, all the, all the young guys that are fit for war, but he just broke his leg. So, you know, he missed out. He said, no, no, you can't come with me. So all the guys that went with the general died on the battlefield. Yeah. And he remained and then he became the mayor of the town and, and then this town of course went on to become one of the greatest in china so you know it's it's there it's there it's you trust yeah trust i think that's kind of the name of the game you know once mm -hmm. you can again look at this as the game the fun mm -hmm. that it is trust in the in the faith that you have what's going on for you and you can set up those those future desires you can start aiming towards the goal that you have because that's uh, it's I've, there's an old one that i always go to is the um you know you can have the most beautiful ship and you know it could have yes. a yacht everything's yeah. on it blah blah yeah. blah it could yeah. be gorgeous but if you don't have a destination it's just a house sitting on the water <laughs> find the yeah. destination absolutely and i mean we we grow up until our 20s, we don't really know what the fuck to do. I'm sorry for cursing. I'm, I shouldn't do that. Uh, so, mm, you're you know. in the right fucking place for it. <laughs> so, until we are mid, you know, end 20s, we don't know what to do. And then yeah. when we start like being in our 50s, 60s, we're just looking at the end of this whole show. So, we have like three decades where we can really make an impression. Like three decades or maybe even less where we can really like roam free and, and, and kind of put our strengths to work, where we kind mm -hmm. of figured out what our product is and how we want to market it. So make it count. I mean, it's called role-playing game. It's, it's, it's called, you know, a playwright or a screenplay, right? You, you will find this word all over again. Mm -hmm. So it's really about enjoying these two decades of liberty and really going into all sorts of crazy directions. So you do, I think if you're like, I'm a big, um, you know, interview guy, especially when it's, you know, I'm, I'm talking a lot to older people. Like, uh, I, I love interviewing old people. I, you know, I have a guy here, he's Argentinian, he's 94 years old in Miami. Every time I come back from Muscle Beach, he kind of is somewhere and I help him crossing the street and we have little talks. And so, and this, there is this reoccurring thing, whether it's here or in Europe or somewhere else, old people, they say, you don't regret the stuff that you did. You regret the stuff that you did not do. Right. It's not it's not about making mistakes. It's about not trying even to make the mistake. And, and I think it was Hegel that said that, the, the, you know, the fear of doing it is the mistake. It's not the failure that results out of your action. It's not even trying it to be the real failure. Mm. I'll wrap it up right there. <laughs> Trust it, man. And that's yes. 
you know, it's such a cool outlook towards life is that if you can, if you can be willing to fail, that's where you're going to learn the most every time. There's, so. there's just so much. And, and even with, you know, actors that, that have left the industry or stopped, I think, you know, between COVID mandates and then, um, writer strike, actor strike, I think a mm-hmm. lot of, a lot of actors that had, you know, that were already teetering of like enjoying mm-hmm. the crap and, and even successful. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. there, there are huge names, Chris Evans, uh, you know, Captain America before, even after already having Captain America, he was like, yeah, it's a stressful industry. I'm not really sure that I want to do it again. I think realizing that there, there is no shame in stepping away from this. Absolutely. Follow your, follow your bliss. If, if you're yeah. having fun doing something, do it. Yes. Go where you can, where it leads you. Uh, James Caan was might a start you back. Uh, yeah, James Caan was, uh, you know, seven years he was on, you know, you know, going on on rodeos. I mean, he was like fucking Godfather, and he mm-hmm. and then and then he went seven years. He went like bullback riding. He's like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> whatever makes you happy, dude. And yeah. I, me, no. Yeah, I think that's that's such a cool thing. Is like just you know trust yourself if. And this this industry is stressful. It, it can you can get so beat down in this industry, especially earlier on, kind of midway through when you've got you you feel like you're always putting your heart out there, you know. Because we try to, we're artists. That's that's what we do. But the mentality of thinking that they're turning down your heart is that's hard. It's not. It's it's, not. it's really just a collaboration. You didn't look like yeah. the dad. Sorry, you know. Right. I needed a son that matched matched the blonde hair and blue eyes, and that wasn't right. you nothing to do with your craft nothing to do with your heart and i think that realization of going i don't it doesn't matter who's you know turning me down or picking me up it's that doesn't change your your celebration of what life is and if you can take all this and and have fun with it and just a slight correction they are not turning you down they are Mm -hmm. turning the character that you're interpreting down like this aspect how you played it it's not fitting their roster. It has nothing about to do with you. They're not turning you down. They're just this aspect, how you played the character, is just not fitting their ideas. And there's so yeah. many things that come into the decision making of even like booking smaller roles for a project, even if it's oh, not yeah. a super expensive project. You can't even start to fathom like where all people come together and what they have to say and w- what kind of currents are intermingling and interplaying with all this decision making. So. It's really not about you. Don't feel so entitled. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I, got, I lost a role runtime for a, for an indie film because uh, a friend of mine was dating the director and my tape came up on screen and she went, oh, Deanie baby. And I was like, what did you say? No. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know he seemed really upset. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he felt really upset. She's like, anyway, you may not get that. <laughs> you just don't know. You don't know. It's all good. Lorenzo, always a pleasure, my friend. I'm always sure we'll do this again. Uh, maybe we even jump on live or something later. Sure. Uh, also, you're doing, um, you're doing some, some free classes every once, like once sure. a month or so you're doing now. So sure. Sure. Uh, you guys go jump in. Um, the Coach MC, you can find him on Instagram. He's all over my page as well. You can find him on YouTube. If you jump in there, he's TikTok. You got it all covered. It's all everywhere. And I'll have all of his information down below as well. Love you, man. Love you too, brother. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Had a good time. Peace, bye.